Hi, everyone. My name is PK. Here I have Shabab Murtuza, who's a client of the Profit Investment Accelerator. He's had a really remarkable journey. He's a finance analyst or a strategy analyst, I should say, living in Sydney. And he's now bought three properties, one for a friend. He's not a buyer's agent. He's just out of his goodwill. And two for himself. The first one was through a buyer's agent. We'll talk about the sort of pros and cons and whether the $18,000, $19,000 buyer's agent fee was really worth it or not. And then why he pivoted to do the course to buy a property that, let's say, for now was much better, but we'll get into that as well. And sort of the pros and cons and how we bought it off market, sorry, not off market, under market value, how we bought with renovation potential, how it's above 6% yield in Perth, giving good cash flow, giving growth. And he'll just sort of talk about all this. So it adds a lot of value. So if anyone is watching or listening and you want to emulate these results, you know, buying interstate, high cash flow, high growth with big block size, subdividable properties that are going to catapult you to your financial independence, then yeah, this will be a, a really terrific 20, 30 minutes to stick around. So that's a big introduction, but thank you so much about for um, making time. No worries. Thank you, PK. Glad to be here in this call. Um, no, I appreciate your time on, on this Friday. And thank you as well for, for coming to, to the event. Like I was saying before we hit record, that, that really means a lot to me. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Let, let's just sort of start from the start. So even like before you engage that buyer's agent, um, what kind of drew you into property investing? Because you live in Schofield, I assume you bought your principal place of residence first? That's correct. Yeah. Look, um, I pretty much have a similar journey um, to a lot of members in, in your community. So uh, my wife and I, we were, you know, immigrants came to Sydney around 2017. We only had six to $7,000 in our bank accounts. So we both, you know, worked really hard um, and finally saved enough to buy a principal place of residence in Sydney. And we thought, you know, that was it. We had made it. We, we really did well and, and there's not more to life. Uh, we could be content with what we have achieved so far and, and, we just, you know, keep working hard and, and things will get taken care of. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's when, you know, the economic factors started kicking in and, and we also got the news that my wife was pregnant. So we had to start, you know, planning for a family and, and you know, with everything going up so much in prices, we we were thinking, okay, what's next? Because um, I think we need to get ahead of things and and with the way everything is increasing in pricing, uh, we we can't waste to have our money uh, being wasted. It, it, like it, it, there is the opportunity cost is too much, right? Yeah. And and um, similar to a lot of property owners, homeowners in in Sydney, 
we we did the valuation of our PPOR and we saw it has it had gone up quite a bit, and and that's when we decided you know we have to utilize it instead of using the equity to make our home more fancy, we have to uh, put it in in an investment property that pays for itself, maybe grows even more, and also replicate the same pattern. So that's when our mindset went towards investing in in property. Right, right. And so then you you didn't invest in in real estate. And I just want to back up there because like when you do have a child, your first child or whatever it is, like that is often the trigger point for people to grow up, quote unquote. Like you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, now it's not just about me, it's about someone else. I experience the exact same thing. And it can be a little bit daunting, but if you approach it in the right way, then it's actually really exciting, especially from a financial perspective. So so that's fantastic. And then, you know, you decided to invest in real estate. I know a lot, of, a lot of the typical profile as well is someone who lives in Schofield, as in they live there, they have their principal place. And then they're like, okay, I've got equity because Sydney boomed, everywhere boomed. Let me just buy in like Marsden Park or Quakers Hill or like, you know, like just nearby in that sort of Northwest region, a townhouse or a God forbid apartment in Parramatta. Like, why did you not just go down that route? Why did you consider, even with the initial buyer's agent that you used, to invest into state? Yeah. So th- this was actually from a personal experience. So before I moved to Sydney, I was actually in Perth doing my bachelor's. Right. So I was pretty much aware with the properties that you can afford in interstate. Uh, when I was talking to a lot of my colleagues and my neighbors, they they actually had that fear of investing outside of Sydney. They're like, oh, th- there was a bit of a knowledge gap. They had not traveled that much or haven't actually lived anywhere outside of Sydney. So, uh, And also the media does a great job of promoting Sydney, like it's America, right? So, uh, um, so I was just so there. The a- traffic is like I don't know. Like all respect to people who live in Sydney, but I can't live in Sydney. <laughs> I just stick to the Gold Coast. <laughs> well, so so I think that's where I did not have that fear because I have seen what good looks like. What uh, and and you know if there if you buy the right property interstate and it can actually. Um, give you more returns than buying just an investment property in Sydney. I mean, sure, um, when Sydney property grows, because you have invested a lot of money in it, so the growth is also more in terms of dollar amount, but not necessarily in terms of percentage. Um, and and th- I think that's what I learned a bit from my profession, that it's the percentage increase that matters. Uh, and And wherever I get the highest percentage increases where I should focus in, in terms of investing. Got it. Got it. So I don't want to put words in your, in your mouth, but did the logic train go then, okay, I know that interstate, I can potentially get a higher percentage return, but I don't have confidence. I don't know where to buy. This is all too hard. Let me engage a buyer's agent. Like, you know, the typical, is that the, or is that completely off? No, to be honest, uh, um, it was similar to what you have just said, um, but at that point in time, uh, I think Facebook does a really great job in terms of promoting uh, and flooding you with uh, a lot of promotions. Uh, <laughs> whenever you and your wife are discussing 
about these things. So it picks it up, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. So and 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 the buyer's agent, like you could say, they have invested so much money in terms of promoting themselves, uh, and it, you know, like yes, what at first I was going to go and just go off realestate.com and domain and buy a property that I wanted to, but then uh, the fear of you know, like, what if I just buy a high cash flow property, but it doesn't grow? How do I know that? What are the important factors that will make the property grow? And and that's when I started doing my research. I started watching a lot of YouTube videos of buyer's agent and and um, another guy similar to you who who sells a course, but also upsells uh, uh, his buyer's agency services. So, um, but then it was also a mixture of time constraints. So at that point in time, because we just had a baby, we thought, you know, um, I'm, I can do a course and do this myself, but I may not have the time. Hmm. So that, so it's a mixture of three things that made me engage a bias agent for my first investment property. Right, right. No, f- fair enough. And, um, and, you know, we were talking about that deal before we, we hit record, but um, fast forward, you know, you've engaged that buyer's agent, you've paid almost $20,000. They bought you a property, like granted, they bought you a property. But if you had that opportunity or that decision to make again, uh, would you have used that buyer's agent again? Or would you have rather done the course to start with? And and how was that property? Like, was it, and we're not bad mouthing any specific buyer's agent, sure. but just sharing a, a, an experience for the learning of everyone, because I do often find that a bit like you, it's like, oh, you know, do I have enough time? Do I have enough confidence? What if I make a mistake? You get barraged with so many ads thinking, well, they're the experts, not me. So what's what's $20,000 to like just get this amazing property? But is that how it turned out? Yeah. So look, I'll um, go through the pros and cons very briefly, and I'll start with the positives. Um, They were quite professional and they were quite experienced. You could say that they have done this a few times. Um, and um, like the property that they had shortlisted for me, it was a good property. The price purchase price was 435. Rental yield at that point in time was 5.5%. Um, and um, I did the valuation recently and it had gone up by 100 grand. So um I wouldn't say the return is is that bad. Um, the cons, though, like um, now I'll start with the list of cons. Is is um, I engaged a buyer's agent in the first place was to save time because uh, I did not have the time to, um, you know, I thought that I did not have the time to learn and do this myself. But the buyer's agent actually took two months to find that property for me, uh, and. So, so my thought process immediately was, hang on a minute, I could have done the course in, in a much shorter amount of time and, and then bought the property myself. Uh, and then secondly, the property that they have bought was of realestate.com. Not that I'm saying that, you know, advertised properties are not good and, and all off-market properties are better than advertised properties. Um, but um, I just feel like they only got they were only able to negotiate ten to fifteen thousand dollars off the current value of the valuation of the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so under market value. Um, so I felt like you know, had I done this myself, I would be able to negotiate better. 
Um, and um, then again, if I'm comparing it with my second property, which we will probably cover in the later part of this video, the second property just had so much to add. Like it, it's the first property is not subdividable. Uh, it was a newly built property, property. So there's not a lot of features that I could add to it to increase the uh, valuation later down the road. And um, yeah, so it, it was, for me, it seemed like a very standard purchase compared to the money that I have put in. Right, right. And could you just educate us all? Because when I hear, oh, it's a fairly, not I hear, but when people hear it's a fairly new property, like that's a, that's, that's a good thing because we all want new properties, right? Like that's the common thought process of new investors. So what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by the fact that you didn't appreciate that it was a relatively newish property? So um, I think which is also covered in your course is that if you're buying the finished product, you lose the opportunity to add value to it and then, you know, maximize on the gains later on. And, and buying finished product is much more easier than finding a raw diamond, right? Which can be polished and, and then give you greater re, uh, returns. So uh, that's that's the thought process that I was referring to when I said, you know, I was not happy with the fact that it was a fairly new property. And, and um, I think when we cover about our second property, we will see that, you know, there's just by making five to ten thousand dollars of renovation i can actually increase the valuation by 100 grand so um, there is not um that opportunity in 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 the first one that I, I had purchased through a buyer's agent right that that makes sense and um i mean each to their own and and everyone's different but paying almost twenty thousand dollars to be sent a property off realestate.com which I don't know, you could have found yourself because everyone has access to realestate.com. For some people, maybe that's fine. But in my mind, um, you know, there's better ways to spend money, really. Um, but but anyway, let, let's go to your, your second property, uh, which you then did the course. And so, like, did you already know about the course or, or myself before you engaged that buyer's agent? Or had you stumbled upon me after? And then what kind of drew you to do the course? Because maybe you one thought process is like, I don't even need the course. Like I've already lived in Perth. I know some bits of Perth uh, through personal experience. I've gone through a buyer's agent. So I know how the property buying process works, even though they probably didn't teach you, but you know, just by osmosis, you pick it up. Like, why didn't you just have a crack at it yourself? Why did you even do the course? I think, so what I initially thought is when I have engaged a buyer's agent, maybe I can learn and replicate what they're doing by myself. Uh, I don't even need the course. Um, and, and and that was actually one of the selling points of the bias agent as well. Like, uh, you know, we, if you choose our services, we also educate you on the journey. So if you want to invest your own time to do this by yourself, then you can choose to do it. But what I was finding is that even though they had shared quite a bit of information, there was uh, some information which was not shared. Like, for example, what are the key factors that gives you confidence that this is this this property is going to grow in the long term, right. and it's also going to give you that short term gain as well? Um, so, where is the sweet spot? Like, um, if, if the property had already gone by twenty thirty percent, how do we know it's going to 
grow by another 30 40% in in the next one or two years yeah. so those information were not shared in the process so that's when you know my curiosity grew even bigger and and that's when i thought no okay so if i do the course myself then i'll know what are the exact factors which will help me which will ensure me that okay i'm not confident that this is not only going to give me short term cash flow but also going to give me long term growth as well right yeah i mean there are a lot of i suppose buyers agents who do say now that you mention it um that will teach you the process as we go along but one only has to sort of just step back and understand their business model and doesn't really make sense for the, them to make themselves redundant by just giving all all the secrets away and and maybe there's some ethical ones out there that that do teach as they uh, do it for you but i think you know that would be those would be few and far between so thank you for for sharing that and then so then you bought the course and and you and you bought the property and i'm just going to go through it real quick so the purchase price let me know any of this is incorrect the purchase price was 360000 the cba valuation so this is not like your thoughts but like the cba valuation at settlement i think was 409000 so that's like $49000 below the cba valuation you could say maybe cba valuations are sometimes optimistic but instead of 49000 let's say $40000 or thereabouts um of of equity going in you know money is made as you go into the property um you negotiated $20000 and maybe we'll go into the how you did that cuz that was really cool um the yield is in the mid fives or or thereabouts um and but we'll understand why it's in the mid fives and and I'll ask you how it's going to grow into the to mid sixes around your renovation story but I think the coolest thing when you sent me the message was that it's actually subdividable into three lots and the agent didn't know about this so you know the sellers didn't know about this so like when i hear something like this or when others hear something like this it's like really like come on like you know are you being honest but i do want to i do want to explore that as well and i think this great thing is there's actually 1.5 billion dollars of infrastructure as you had found out yourself um going on in this particular part of of broader perth which is you know, driving jobs driving population etc cetera, etc cetera. so let let's sort of just go through this like individually and and then maybe we can do like a synopsis but let's start with the negotiation so it was advertised from you know offers from $380,000 when you you know someone who has done the course and is educated see on real estate doc i assume it was real estate or domain offers from 380 like how did you end up buying this for 360 in the end so i think um what your course teaches us is to do a valuation before uh making an offer and when i did the valuation um i had found out that a similar property like this had actually been under offer for 355 and it was um slightly better uh renovated compared to my one um but then also i did the comparable sales analysis with uh, a lot of the different properties and i guess what your course also helps us to look at is don't just look at the spec also look at the features inside the property when doing the comparable uh, sales analysis so i think um that really helped me negotiate because i i was able to go and um you know point out exact details and and put in a figure to the sales agent that this is how much it's going to cost me to do this much work on on 
for for this damage even though i didn't really end up doing those renovations necessarily but it really helped in terms of negotiation um the other thing i, I i'll try not to give away too much about your course <laughs> respecting the privacy but i think um um the importance of having you know a good property manager um um is is that you know if if they're in your team they know your game they they intentionally did the you know inspection and took photos in a way where it gives you more leverage when mm-hmm. negotiating mm-hmm. uh and and i think i got also a bit lucky in a way where the, the sales agent had actually anyone can go into the ad and look at that the sales agent had a bit of a knowledge gap where you know they had advertised it as a two unit lot where um after two year course when i do when i finally knew how to do research on subdivision um and and i also called the council to verify that it is actually a lot that is subdividable into uh three uh units so that's that is what helped me to uh keep my buffer at, at my back pocket but at the same time you know negotiate based on whatever the sales agent is advertising uh and eventually we uh, i was able to put my offer in before the first inspection i think mm-hmm. that was also a very uh key point because um i was lucky that it was a deceased estate um um not that i'm um being insensitive to no, the no. unfortunate people but no. uh the sellers were in a rush to sell the property and because i had already made the off my offer had gone in already before the first inspection um there was a lot of confidence to you know accept my offer and for a typical home owner people who are trying to buy this buy properties for themselves to live in it wasn't a typical property for them so that's the advantage that i had um so timing due diligence and 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 i guess the negotiation tricks which which is taught in your course right so i guess in the negotiation like i i really un, uh, appreciate how you explained it because it's not just a case of like hey shabab is the selling agent i'm the buyer i just going to give you 20,000 less or 30,000 less you have to like <laughs> that that's just dumb you have to rationalize it and for rationalizing and in clear sort of clarifying a logic that sticks in the selling agent's mind to think yeah actually you know I should condition my my vendors or my clients the seller that this is a good price you need to have knowledge and I think that that's how you did it so that that was fantastic and do you think that CBA valued it at $49,000 more than your purchase price simply because of that knowledge gap from the agent whereas they thought it was a two lot um site whereas in fact it was a three lot site is it is it just that that was 49 grand difference or has there been growth in the i don't know one or two months between exchanging contracts and settlement or just sort of take because you know when people so, hear that they're like oh i don't buy it you know i don't think that's real what's your thoughts on that yeah so um i guess the the truth is in 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 the logic so um i actually shared you know the details and the address and the suburb of that property with my close friends and some of my you know very smart close friends they thought you know I'll just buy in the same suburb that that Shabab has bought because you know then I don't need to do the course unfortunately they were not able to find any properties under 450 in that suburb 
and and this was uh, from the moment of offer until I made settlement. And mm-hmm. even I spoke to my sales agent, like the sales agent who was helping me with the settlement of this property, and he was like, "Oh, mate, if we can." somehow cancel your settlement we will definitely get more money <laughs> so i was like unfortunately you can't because there is no seller so it's only the executor who's making that decision so um yeah so that's when it gave me confidence that i did really win uh, the property under market value and and cba valuation is not wrong in, in fact i might it might be underestimated in mm-hmm. the, the current valuation like if we do a proper desktop valuation sorry a proper uh, valuation inside the property then i think it might be more than that because i've also done a few cosmetic uh, renovations as well right that's um that that's good to know that's good to know um, and it's obviously a large block 986 square meters um brick house but you know to to boot um, lastly, on this property, before we go to the next property, um, you did say to me before we hit record that you're accepting a lower yield for the time being because that tenant is allowing you to renovate the cos- like cosmetically renovate that property. Uh, and so it's kind of a win-win. Um, just sort of take us through your thought process of accepting that uh, lower yield, sort of what exactly you're doing to renovate that property and then how much that yield or rent could go up and maybe in in fact even equity could rise in that property just that sort of value add process that you know even when i started as an investor i was like i don't want to do value add i don't want headaches i don't want any hard work i just want money <laughs> right so it's very lazy thinking but your your thinking is much more mature than than mine when i started so just take us through that yeah um when i guess when you're in the property investment journey um you're like any other business owners, right? At the end of the day, your money is coming in from your customer and your clients. And like any good businesses, you should learn to take care of your customer and your clients. So um, the tenants that I found, um, so I actually had a rental appraisal uh, appraisal for 400 to 450. And my property managers were actually pushing me to get the renovation done and then do the advertisement and get, then get a tenant in at a very higher yield but um there was also a family who needed a home and you know the advantage of buying in um a, a suburb where the vacancy rate is so low is that you don't even have to advertise like there are tenants ready in the property managers database um who who are ready to take your property without advertising uh, as it is and and my property was rented just a week after the settlement uh, so I had found a family uh, who, uh, you know, had three or four kids and, and you know, they, they were in dire need of a place to stay. And and um, they were, you know, th- they said, even though my mindset was, we'll do the renovation and then get tenants in, they were okay to take the property as it was. So that's when I thought, you know, why not help someone out and then also help myself in the same process. So uh we could you know um instead of me paying 10 or 15000 dollars upfront i could use the rental money from them to do the renovation slowly um and um, while they're also there in the property and taking care of it so that's how i decided to accept you know a much like only 50 dollars off from 
what the current rent would be in that property and then uh, if, but at the same time also providing a home for a very young family that's that's so nice that's so nice and i think it's really cool to hear that because it's not like you're a charity and just providing someone with a, a discounted place um but at the same time you have a conscience and and you're doing something to um you know help another family and it's a genuine win-win situation and you know that way you don't have vacancy etc cetera, etc cetera. so that that's really cool to hear property investors um apply ethics and just kind of being a nice person <laughs> alongside their property investing business so congratulations on that and i i, I have to mention let, let's go to your unless you want to say anything else about this property i i have to mention that when you messaged me because i for anyone who's watching i tag all my clients and and share these deals in the facebook group and you know where the clients allow me to tag them or mention their names i i do so and so i did for shabab and he obviously got a, probably a bunch of dms and and probably a lot of people said like you had said to me on, over the messenger chat that oh you might have got lucky this might have been like many 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 months ago and the deals like that aren't available anymore or it's just like too good to be true but then you actually just went ahead and got like an even better deal <laughs> more recently and this was like not for yourself but presumably one of these uh friends who didn't want to do the course no um no offense taken uh but you know so this sort of walk us through that deal and and how you just replicated this whole um you could say luck filled deal but you just did it all again yeah so i think um shortly rightly as you said there were a lot of dms but one of them was actually from a former colleague who was also a very close friend and he was like hey shabab i didn't know you're such a good investor can you go and you know find me a property like that like and and um that friend was also um let's say pre-wired with a lot of the negative sentiment which was coming as well like there were you know a lot of um the members in the community who really appreciated and and I'm, I'm heartfelt thanks to them for uh recognizing the effort uh but then there was a few uh you know things where you know i probably got lucky and it's impossible to find a property like that here in perth anymore and this deal must have been 6 or 7 months ago i was like no that is probably not true if i actually had the money like i i can buy a similar property like that it's not um easy because yes the general statistics will tell you perth has grown and there's no more deals anymore there so i should probably invest in queensland uh, but um people they're still being influenced by the overall sentiment by what people are saying by them what media are saying so i had a friend who you know who i was just sitting beside um in in your seminar here in sydney so he was telling me that oh i thought i would not be able to find a property like this in perth so i just went towards queensland i was like mate but you should have let the data to do the work right so and that's what i did when my colleague approached me and um he said you know can we go and replicate what you've done i was like of course 100% and then i started looking into like i did i did tell him that no we wouldn't like i'm not sure if i we are going to get the property in perth but we we will get a property that delivers the similar return on investment based on the data and luckily it pointed towards the suburb which is in perth um and then again at first i could have been 
slightly discouraged by the median value in that suburb because it had gone really high and it was actually out of my friend's budget. But then um, I started doing what your course tells me and dig deeper and and then eventually found a property at, um, which was advertised at $380,000. So typically in that suburb, the median price is around 430 to 470. But um, this one was 380 because it was a two bedroom home in a suburb where it typically has uh, three or four bedroom homes. So that's the reason why it was slightly advertised cheaper. Um, the seller hasn't advertised what was the zoning in that property. And the seller uh, um, did not really uh, knew about the floor plan as well because when the property was advertised, the seller did not have, the, sorry, the prop selling agent did not have the floor plan of the property. So um, luckily, um, I actually got, because I had good uh, property management BDM team in that area. So um, they went and inspect the property and then they said, you could just add an extra bedroom for $3,600 and get around $550 worth of rental yield. And, and I did the maths and at a purchase price of 380, that's like 6.7% rental yield. Um, sorry. Purchase by price of three eighty plus four thousand dollar of adding an extra bedroom. Uh, if we get five fifty in terms of rent, then that's a six point seven percent rental yield. And I was like, wow! So not only it's a five, like it, it's a much better property than what I have previously purchased at, but you're telling me that the rental yield is so high, and also it's subdividable into three lots. We should go for it immediately, and. What we did was um, we we actually made an offer initially, even though when we did the valuation, we knew that 380 was actually too low. But because we knew that you know we were the first one to make an offer, we actually made an offer at 360. Because um, through your course, we knew that you know if if you're the first one to make an offer, then the selling agent will actually have to come to you in case someone's counter you. So. There's no need to be carried away by emotion. Let the data do your work. And then we we made a very statistical offer. We said, look, there will be extra cost of adding in bedroom and doing slight renovations, blah, blah. So uh, you know, never make an offer at advertised price because mm. then you're just getting carried away by sentiment. So um, eventually the sellers were quite strong because they were also experiencing the market they were also seeing what was happening uh beside them and and then we finally got to a stage where what is your number that you will be comfortable with accepting and and then eventually we uh my friend had the offer accepted at 380 right right and for this property and the last property i think a common theme is that you were the first one to make an offer, like you said, it was almost before or well before the first open home or open for inspection. And I think that's a key ingredient as well to put yourself very professionally in a very measured and calculated way in front of the agent. So you don't just become one of the statistics, you know, 40, 50, 60 offers. You have to be quick to the punch. You have to be like really active. 
Um, that doesn't mean you need to take like make it a part-time job, but when you see something come for sale, when you have those relationships with the PMs, as soon as something does come, then you have to act quick. And for that, you need knowledge. And I think that uh, what you said around suburb selection, great, but there's so much more to property investing than just suburb selection. Um, everyone wants to know, right, Shabab, like, Oh, well, what's the Perth Perth's best suburb under 350, under 400, under 450, under 500? That's not quite how property investing works. Uh, so I thank credit to you um, for, for getting this fantastic deal uh, for your, not client, but for your friend, which, yeah, I'm sure he owes you um, a drink or two after that. <laughs> um, and I think what you mentioned to me as well was that $4,000 um, bedroom, of course, it increases the yield. Correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, but it also potentially increases the equity or the the value Correct. of the property by is it around fifty or something like that, right? Correct. So currently, in that suburb, a three bedroom home is <clears throat> uh, valued at four thirty to four fifty in CBA valuation. But uh, like, if we narrow it down to the purchases that has been happening for the last two months, every three bedroom home, which is which is a very good condition in that suburb have been actually selling over 450 plus. Yeah. So I think 50K is a very conservative estimation in terms of how much the equity will go up if we do add the extra bedroom. Um, but yeah, like I think it, it's definitely value add like um, and, and what people would have just, you know, scrolled through the property by looking at the spec. But, you know, they have they bothered to actually got inspect it further and then also check on the subdivision potential of the property they would know how much value this property could add and you know that's the power of research um and that's uh, you know the power of preparation as well when you do all of that before others and i was actually competing with other buyers agent right mm -hmm. on that property but um while they were still doing their due diligence we we had already finished ours and we had um, our offer accepted. That, that That's probably because we did not waste time in terms of sentiment. Yeah, I think um, oftentimes, or if maybe most times, as a fair statement, buyers agents are, through no fault of their own, disadvantaged in circumstances like this because, yes, they can do their due diligence just like you did, but then they need to present that to their client and then the client will come back with a whole bunch of questions. And if they're busy working professionals, it can take 24, 48, 72, you know, maybe even three or four days of to and fro. And then the buyer's agent's got so many other clients to take care of. And so by the time that, you know, they really land a solid offer, it's already had an open home and there's already been like 20, 30, 40 other interested parties. So um, that's kind of a, another, I think, real advantage of being, you know, precision like laser precision in your due diligence and doing it yourself like diy so big congratulations to you and in both instances you you sought to add value i think i really believe in this i don't know if, if you vibe with this shaba but um i think that your net worth and in, in life or financially at least is a direct reflection of how much value you add to the world or value you add to to people or, or consumers or businesses or just to your community so if you can solve a problem in, in that house like in this instance converting it from a two to three bedroom then that's really how you're you're making money and and i think that's what you've done um really really well um, thank you thank you i i really 
you know, agree with what you have said. And this is actually not your and my statement. It was a direct feedback given from the sales agent. The sales agent values more when the clients, when the buyers directly approach them instead of a buyer's agent. Now, I've seen so many buyer's agents advertising that, you know, the, they have better relationship with the sales agent. And um, that that is also something that helps them get those property. That isn't true. Uh, when, when, I mean, a buyer's agent might be best friends with a sales agent, but when, if I was a seller, I would obviously, you know, appreciate more of the direct buyers rather than a buyer to an agent because I knew that this guy is, because he wants the property, he's directly coming to me. And, and yeah, and, and I think that is what has also helped me uh, compete with others, but other buyers agent when I was buying this property for myself or helping my friend to directly buy it. Yeah, no, that I think that's a good point. I, I never, I don't think I paid that much attention to that fact previously. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking to the person who carries the decision making power. So as the seller, you're like very inclined to uh, lean towards, you know, dealing with a, a real person, like someone who's actually the buyer as opposed to a middleman who may or Correct. may not transpire, something may or may not happen regardless of their marketing. Um, okay, okay, cool. Well, um, just before we wrap up, I think this is a really important point, which I only found out when you were talking about it before we hit record. You came to the event, and like I said in the event, you know, you just don't know one word, one sentence, one connection can change the trajectory of your financial future. You were previously capped out on your borrowing capacity, which is fair enough. Like, you know, you have a young kid, you have a principal place of residence already, um, but then you you talked to that mortgage broker, I think his uh, name was John, and and you found that actually you can continue your property investment. So maybe just share that and, and what you're planning to do next as an inspiration piece for anyone who's watching or listening. Sure. So um, I think similar to a lot of investors um, in, in the current situation where interest rate is too high, uh, my borrowing capacity, like I was told by a few of my mortgage brokers that i have maxed out in terms of my borrowing power so i actually went to your event to learn more about what the others are doing and then i found out through john who was also a speaker uh your event uh is is that you know there are so many things you can do with your self-managed super fund and then you don't necessarily need to sacrifice your um lifestyle but um, there are few adjustments you can make. Um, like, for example, if, if you do own a car on finance, you can pay it off temporarily and then again buy it back with your equity of your other investment property or, you know, like use the extra cash flow or go into novated lease. So there are so many other options that you can do in order to temporarily adjust your borrowing capacity and then buy an investment property and then um you know get back to your lifestyle the uh, the most interesting option that i was educated about was self-managed super funds so um i what we found out that my wife and i can potentially now buy two properties through self-managed super funds so in where we had you know the impression that we had already hit max in, in our borrowing capacity so so that was interesting and and that's that's the reason why I, I probably enjoyed your event a lot. And I could see that 
there was so much knowledge there in that room like i have i wasn't expecting 1100 people in that room <laughs> neither was i, I. <laughs> uh, yeah so i um, felt really bad there was a whole bunch of people that were turned away at the door by security but if any of them are watching thank you for coming i'm very grateful <laughs> yeah so it was good so i think there's never an ending to learning and no matter how great you are in terms of winning your deals you can always do better you can always learn better and you should always keep an open mind and be humble to you know that what other people are doing just because someone has only bought one property they could have a formula or a strategy that might be better than yourself as well so um the investor so so that's the mindset that i had when i went to your event and it really paid off yeah that's that's really good to hear and i think as i hear you speak the sort of things that comes to my mind is that you've always leaned um and being uh chased you could say or or like closely knitted to the data to the statistics and to the facts as opposed to what your colleagues or friends or people on facebook dms or the media has said because facts don't care about your feelings and so why should we care about our feelings when we're trying to make money through facts right so i think you've done that really well for yourself and then obviously for your friend as well so a, a big big congratulations uh, to you and i'm very glad that you're able to find a way to to buy more properties and i think australia needs more property investors not just any property investors but property investors with heart and do the right thing by their tenants as well like you obviously um have done so i just want to say big congratulations and um looking forward to your future deals thank you pk we'll keep you posted and everyone in this community as well thank you so much shivav and um guys i really do want you to to watch these like interviews with real people because it's from these that just like shabab did you can pick up gems and use that as a tool in your own arsenal when you're coming to buy and and property and achieve wealth is you just don't know what you'll learn and there's more than 100 of these so honestly don't care whether you do the course or not but watch those client interviews because these guys are like i don't know this might sound a bit proud but honestly i'm so proud of them and they're really the best of the best um <laughs> so i'm i'm really happy to to see these experiences and i want everyone course or no course to achieve the same so thank you for listening and shabab i'm very grateful for your time and and thank you for sharing that thank you thank you pk okay thanks everyone i'll see you next time